Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sport with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trunapol, the Iceman. And as always, I'm bringing sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the Cincinnati Reds who are very, very disappointing right now. But it is what it is. Now, if you found the show, do me a favor. Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. We're up to 1,119 subscribers. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, the show, every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. Yep, I'm wearing red stuff today because, well, I felt like wearing it even though they lost. Today, 9-4. Jesse Winker and Nick Cassianos are the only reason to watch the team right now. I think they are in a battle for the NL MVP. <laughs> um, it's just very frustrating watching the Reds right now. Like I've said before, all they had to do was just a little bit, and we could have had a pretty good team. And if you – I tweet, retweeted something out that Jeff Passon just put out. Uh, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays – or excuse me, Tampa Bay Rays, my wife's favorite team because they're down in Florida. That's where she's from. Are winning 10 games in a row, and they spend absolutely no money. But they win all the time. And the Reds spent money last year, and we barely made the playoffs. This year spent no money, and we're not doing very good. But let's get to some better news today. We got today is the the official day for season tickers, season ticket holders to vote for the Bengals Ring of Honor. And with that in mind, I brought in my buddy from Locked On Bengals. Joe. I says Joe. Why did it say Joe? I just, I just noticed that. It said Joe instead of Jake. Wow. You almost got the name right. I know. I you know what? That is that's bad on my part. I just saw it when I'm like, hey, so why does it say Joe? Jeez, you're the second person that I've messed the name up on. I usually I, I had Chris Welch on here and I spelled his name wrong. How do I call you? I got I had put Joe Goodberry. That's what it I hold on. Let me try that again. How about this one? I clicked the wrong one. That better? Gee. That looks okay. about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I got all these different intros and stuff. They're all in orange. And I got Jake and Joe. And I'm like, I had it like all planned out for when I got on the show and I click and I practice and then I go. I hit it, it goes, Joe, like that. That's not Joe. It's Jake. Anyway, how you doing, Jake? <laughs> you doing good, man. We got all the J's covering covering the Bengals. It makes it challenging. You got yeah. Joe, you got me, you got James, you got John, you got Jeff. You got you got all the all the J names <laughs> out there in the world. It, it's exactly. 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 Anyway. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into this. Today is the first day that season ticket holders are uh, able to vote for the Bengals Ring of Honor. And I Put it out there of who I voted for, and let me bring that up real quick. Is on Twitter, and like I say, you can vote. I, I think all Bengals fans should vote with their heart. You know, vote for who you want. But if your heart is not telling you Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, then your heart's wrong. <laughs> to me, the first two should be, in my own opinion, Ken Riley and Ken Anderson that the fan, fans vote in to the Ring of Honor. What's your thoughts on that, there? Change. Yeah, I'm. I'm- totally open to that idea i think that that's what i said when this topic first came up when they announced the ring of honor like the first two surely will be ken and ken i would think they're they're the most overdue i mean there might be some arguments for some other old school players i think for sure ken anderson like i wonder how much they thought about just making him a a, an at large you know (laughs) like they did with anthony because yeah. if there's anybody else that, you know, absolutely 
Right. And and there's several. I think pretty much everybody on the inaugural ballot will eventually get into the Ring of Honor. At yes. least most of them. And that's what I, I talked about this on the show, uh, on today's show, uh, the one that we released on Sunday night for Lockdown Bengals. And I'm going to be interested to see how they, uh, how, how they manage it. Do they do some sort of Hall of Fame sort of style where they, they have uh, minimum vote thresholds or, or something like that at some point? And uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how many people they put in every year and, and how they manage new people like Andrew Whitworth when he retires mm-hmm. or right. some, of the, some of the guys currently in the league still. And I'm excited to see how they do it going forward. But this first one, from what I've seen, looks like it's going to be Ken and Ken. Um, I, I do wonder... Uh, you know, how things might be, you know, unfortunately we lost Ken Riley, right? Right. And when, when that sort of thing happens, there's justifiably, I think a little, a little bump in attention. And he wasn't mentioned in the NFL's in memoriam segment, which was hugely embarrassing. I think for the league. So especially Um, when he's fifth all time interceptions still, I mean, how are you leaving that guy out? Yeah, totally. Um, but I, I do wonder, you know, how that's impacted things. I think that mm-hmm. given that it, it's totally justifiable, let, let those guys in and um, we'll see where it goes from there. But there's a bunch of guys that have been waiting for, for yeah. a long time that, you know, are, are some guys that were before my time for sure, who were very deserving of, of getting into the, uh, getting into the yeah. of honor. I mean, well, yeah, look the- at this list, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Bob Trumpy, right? Mm-hmm. Lamar Parrish, who played mm-hmm. with Ken Riley, and, yep. and then you know you'll have David Fulcher. I mean, there's a lot of guys here right. on this list that that will get into the Ring of Honor, and I assume, I, I assume all of these guys, most of these guys, will eventually get in. I don't know. I would think so. I mean, it, it's 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 a who's who of of Bengaldom. Now, I mean, to me, like I said, I think it should be Bengals fans should use it to put Ken Riley and Ken Anderson in in our Ring of Honor. Because we're all complaining that they're not the, they're not in the actual Hall of Fame, so yeah. how are we going to complain that they're not in the Hall of Fame when we don't put them in our own Ring of Honor? So that's why I think those two two should definitely be in. Now, my next two might be a little different than than what most people think, but I think the next two, if, if they go two, if they go four, I don't know how they're going to th- do this, you know, next year. But I think it's Willie Anderson's got to be the next one because another one who I think should be in the Hall of Fame, and if he's not in our Ring of Honor, how can we argue that he should be in the Hall of Fame? And then the other one for me is is Dave Lapham, just because just career longevity of being you know the ba- Mr. Bengal, the Bengals broadcaster. He played in the Freezer Bowl. He played in the very first you know Super Bowl. I mean, he knows more about the he knows as much about the Bengals as the Browns do. He's been here almost as long. He got drafted in nineteen seventy four. So to me, the next two I would put Willie in and and uh, and Lappin. I, I like Willie. I think after Willie, it gets to be. Can you put that list back up there? I after sure can. Willie, I think it gets to be a real, a real debate because mm-hmm. I think there's a, a real great argument in favor of Boomer. Just yep. go with the next quarterback. That mm-hmm. you know, Boomer was great for the Bengals. I think there's a great argument for Chad. And yep. There's a great argument for Isaac Curtis, and and I think at some point Bob Trumpy like. The 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 long long time season ticket holders are are going to get these these old school guys in there. Max Montoya, we haven't said his name yet, right. but I, I do think that Willie is is certainly in the pantheon and is a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I saw a little a little tweet the other day about PFF going back and 
doing some more games from from before HD TV. So hopefully that uh, provides a little bit of evidence to back up Willie's cause for his great stretch of play at right tackle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you just go by how good these guys were, Willie, I mean, I've maintained since I've had a voice that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So I think that makes it easy to make him the third guy in. He's also argued that they should have done a bigger inaugural class. And uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's got I'm a point on that. to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, they're, they're not good. It's not like they're going to run out of guys. I mean, we've got all, we got 17 of them right now. I mean, and then you got just just. You know, you you got the guys that hopefully are playing for the Bengals right now <laughs> that eventually could could be in. But I mean, there's still a list of guys. I was talking about this with Dave Lapham. There's still a list of guys out there that that could be in the Ring of Honor that aren't even on this list that we we oh. could we could name off. You know, I mean, Tommy Casanova come, comes to mind. I mean, he, guys like that, and, and that's again, that's where the people like younger than me. I mean, I know these guys, but in the '70s, I was really young so bob trumpy i never saw him play i honestly remember him more of the the sports talk uh show host on 700 wow for you know forever so i i remember him as that first and then honestly then i realized he played for the Bengals. i mean he retired in 77 i was four so that's sure. the thing where there are guys back in the 70s and 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 early uh 60s that you know you could put in that younger Bengals fans don't know about and if and that's been the problem with not the Bengals not talking about or or, or showing interest in their past. So that that's the thing too is is there's a lot of guys that could be in there, and I do agree with Willie. It could be a bigger class. It should be. And and I haven't even said Tim Crumry's name. Right, right. it's a name that comes to mind very early mm -hmm. when, when you look at this stuff. It's a name that I've talked about on the podcast quite a bit. All these guys very deserving. It, it does make it Absolutely. very challenging. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, who, who guys are familiar with, who, who voters are familiar with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be very interested, interested to see how the Bengals manage this because it's going to be interesting. I mean, I know some people are like, well, I, I don't know if anybody's upset about this, but we have a, a kicker on here, but Jim breach is the, I think, is he still the all-time leading scorer for the Bengals in his, in history of the franchise? I, I don't, I know he was at one time. I don't know if he still is or not. I believe so, but I could not be held to right yeah I, I i think he is but i'm not exactly sure but i mean he's i mean if you look at the franchise he's the best kicker we've ever had so i mean and then you got collinsworth who's you know people get mad at him for the way he they think he doesn't always back the Bengals, but i mean he's he's always you know got to be looked at as neutral but if you ever talk to collinsworth you ever seen him on you know bingo jim's show or anything he's a Bengal so through and through yeah. Still got love. He's still in yeah. Cincinnati. He's why PFF is in Cincinnati. And Breach, exactly. I did confirm Jim Breach does still lead the okay. Bengals in all time scoring. So that, that's th those are one. Like I said, we can have a a ton of conversation about this. Now, uh, Elite eighty three, which you are new to the show, how you doing? He says it's BS that only the season ticket holders get the vote. Which I yeah, I kind of agree. I think they should at least like let us vote first. You know, maybe and then later on let the rest of the fans vote. I mean, I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? You think it's good to just give them? Because there are some season ticket holders. They've had them for years. Yeah. I mean, I've only had them for two years now. So, I think it does make sense that they're letting their most loyal and supportive fans financially vote first. I, right. I mean, from a business perspective, I, I get why they would do that. But I also understand the perspective that I've never owned 
Bengals season tickets. I don't even live in Cincinnati. I've yeah. been following this team pretty closely for, uh, you know, nearly 20 years now. I, I didn't follow them super closely when I was a young kid. I didn't really know what was going on, right? Who knows what's <laughs> going on when you're a young kid, but um, I, I'm not going to get a vote, right? And I'm okay with that, but I, I also hear that. So, like, maybe they, you know, do some sort of game day polling. Yeah. In, in the future where they let people that are buying tickets, they're at the games, let those people vote. I, I guess that, uh, you know, that does open the door to visiting fans voting, which yeah. I don't know if uh, you want. Uh, right. You know? True. So, true. Yeah. We don't, we don't want any, any squealers fans. Uh. Yeah, that, that does make it a challenge. <laughs> right. Because they do show up at Paul Brown stadium, unfortunately. So unfortunately, uh, you know, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Yeah, I mean, either way, I'm just I'm ecstatic that they actually have a ring on honor. And how nice is it, Jake, that we could actually talk about who's next? Not talk about well, if we have a ring of honor, this is who we yeah. be. We actually are going to have one, so I'm I'm excited about that. And it's it's just it's about time, you know. And and like I said, I, I think it's going to help us hopefully get more of our players into the Hall of Fame, which is the biggest thing that we need need to do. And with that in mind, we have a. Uh, uh, Bengal Jim, who's got his rally uh, June 19th, Jungle the Hall. And uh, if you guys have not registered, I strongly encourage you to register and get up there and get your voice heard. It's going to be a really fun rally. Uh, I heard Willie Anderson uh, might be making an appearance there. Uh, we get a, uh, a tour of the Hall of Fame. He's got hotels lined up. He's got a brewery restaurant real close by. It should be a great time. And I plan on being there. Like I said, Jake, this, this is how dedicated I am to this. We have our vacation already planned. So my wife and daughter are going to leave on Thursday. I am not leaving until Sunday so I can drive four hours up to Canton and go to this thing and drive four hours back home and then jump on a plane on Sunday to go on vacation with my family. So if I could do that, anybody who's in the Cincinnati area, and I know not you, you're you're in Canada, Jake. I don't think you can even leave the country yet, can you? Not very easily. <laughs> but if yeah. you are in Ohio – and you are a Bengals fan. We need to get as many people to this place as we can to get our voices heard. Yeah, I think that's great. Jim does great work. Uh, and I'm hoping to get down there for week four. That that seems to be the plan right now is a bunch of out-of-towners might be coming in for uh, for week four. And if that does happen, uh, we, we talked about doing some sort of, you know, podcast kind of event. Yeah. We, we have almost enough listeners to, to fill the stadium. I, I, I remember it, you guys saying that. It's crazy. So, you know, if we could get an event together either at a Bengal gym tailgate or he offered to to mm -hmm. use his local contacts. So I, I really appreciate his support for us. We had him on the show once, too. He was great to talk to. And he's just a, a really positive influence in that Bengals community. And, I, you know, good for him, man. This Organizing this must have been a pretty oh. – pretty he, big undertaking yeah i i've i've talked to him and he's he's asked me to really promote it as much as i can because he's stressed out that people won't come i'm like dude people are gonna come i said i said i'll i said i will do my part and i will talk about it as much there as i possibly can yeah but uh he's got way more viewers he's got a bigger voice than i do so <laughs> more people watch watch him and pay attention to him on twitter and facebook than they do me i'm just, I'm just a peon when it comes to to jim but yeah he he's a, a one dedicated Bengal fan and he loves his Bengal. i mean i love my Bengals too but to put all this together is, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm, see it. yeah, he's got media there too. So I think it'll be very, very interesting. Now, let's get to this year's team. And 
do you think they're done adding? I should say that. Let's start off that way. Do you think they're done? The Bengals are done adding anything to the offensive line, to linebacking core, or are they? You think they're set, or where do you think they're at? Well, when you say adding, like you mean like something you've heard of? <laughs> Preferably, yeah. <laughs> like, like how about like Morgan uh, Moses? I mean, I know you guys talked about it. J- James and I talked about it on the show here uh, Thursday. Yeah, I don't think the Bengals are interested. I, I, we talked about this a little bit more on today's episode we talked about it last week as well they uh when we first talked about it i was under the misguided impression that riley reef had played some guard in his nfl career he hasn't played guard since he was in college Ooh, and and i know that there was conjecture when he was first signed because Mm -hmm. this was before we knew the bengals were very interested in jamar chase it was still in the air who they were going to draft and there was some some speculation at that point. Where are these guys going to line up? Right. If if they do draft, uh, if they do draft Penesel, is is Riley Reef going to kick inside? And he said, you know, I'll play wherever the team needs me to play. Right. That being said, you know, moving to guard is not always like yeah. Riley Reef probably could do it. He probably has a skill set for it. But it's not just like yeah, I'm going to play guard now and it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's different. Um, you know, versus a guy like Jackson Carmen, who also only really played tackle at Clemson. He said that he practiced, took practice reps at guard, but right. the way he plays left tackle, you go watch how quick he likes to get on guys and, and initiate contact. He kind of plays tackle. He has some reps that, at tackle that look like he's playing guard Right. just from a, you know, I want to play in a phone booth kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I, I I just think that makes it more of a projection. And then the question really becomes, if you were to sign Morgan Moses, you're adding a lot of depth to yes. the team. You're you're adding tackle depth in Morgan Moses. Now you also have Riley Reef as an option in case somebody gets hurt. And that's right. great. You're hypothetically adding guard depth because hypothetically Riley Reef is your best left guard. Mm-hmm. And now you've added guard depth because that pushes everyone else down the depth chart. But I think there's a question that is, is Morgan Moses a better right tackle than Riley Reef? Maybe. Right. It's probably pretty close. Mm-hmm. And even if that's true, is he better enough at right tackle to displace Riley Reef and the resources allocated to Riley Reef and make him move to left guard? And and then the subsequent question then becomes, is Riley Reef going to be a good left guard? Is he better than what we have at left guard? Is is this doing more than just adding depth to the roster because it would add depth. There's mm-hmm. no challenging that it would add depth to right. this team. That would be the the primary reason you would do that sort of thing. But I think there is a fair question about does it make the starters better? And and does it make them appreciably better? Mm-hmm. Or would those resources be better spent somewhere else? So I, I don't think that the Bengals, you know, are, are really interested in bringing in a, a guy that is going to be looking to start at tackle. Mm-hmm. I think if it is a tackle, it's going to be a lower level kind of player. I think the same thing for the interior offensive line, the names we've talked about there, like Nick Easton, mm-hmm. who have been kind of backup swing guards. I think that's kind of what we're looking at at this point. And we might not see it until training camp. Right. Well, the thing is, other guys might get cut too. So you never you never know. They might be waiting to see what happens there. Now, the guy I'm surprised that still hasn't signed yet is uh, Trey Hendrickson. I- I'm I'm surprised he hasn't signed with anybody yet. Uh, sorry, who now? Trey Hendrickson is a big yeah. Or not, not um, all crud. They, they they did that the hashtag Trey Day. Um, oh Trey Turner. Thank you, yeah. Trey Turner. I yeah, sorry. Uh, 
Yeah. So the thing with Trey Turner is he wasn't very good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was worse years. He was quite bad last year, and he has been very good in his career. Uh, my impression is that the Bengals are not interested, and you know the reported price tag of you know two three million dollars is what he's looking for. He's still right. out there, right? I mean that tells you what the NFL thinks of him. He was injured last year. Mm-hmm. That's not the whole story. He he wasn't so good before he got hurt either. So, uh, you know. It, it's a possibility that he could still revert to his previous form yeah, or, or maybe not. Well, but- I'm, I'm looking more for just guys right now, honestly, f- for backups, you know, because yeah. that's the thing is if what, ha- if what happens, la- happened last year happens again, which like yeah. I would, hopefully we don't get injured like we did. You know, if, if, if Jonah goes down and, 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 and reef goes down, we're in the same position that we were last year and you got Fred Johnson and identity, which I mean, I actually think identity is, is good, but it just leaves us thin. And that's where I just want to stack talent and have uh, guys backing up. And just real quick, what has you were talking about uh reef moving from tackle to guard that you don't know if he can do it or not a great, uh, person who can't do it is Fred Johnson. He, he cannot play. Guard. Yeah. So just because you play tackle does not mean you can move to guard, and that's a great example of it right there. But getting back to to uh, to backing or getting more backups, that's more, I guess, of the point that I'm looking at right now. I know I was all when if, uh, Morgan Moses came out, I was like, oh yeah, let's go get him. And everybody, like, you just want to get everybody who's out there. I'm like, well, I just want <laughs> I want to have enough people that if we if somebody gets injured, we have a good person to back up or move them over. That's my biggest thing because that's the biggest problem we had last year. Our offensive line was terrible. And then they got hurt <laughs> and our backups weren't that good. So that's, yeah. that's I, the I biggest thing I'm worried about. It's challenging, right? And generally right. you're not looking for guys that have been long-term NFL starters to come in and be backups unless they right. don't have a starting market for a reason, in which case, why are you interested in having them on the <laughs> team anyway? Right. I, I do think that Morgan Moses will probably sign somewhere to start. Um, I, I just, I don't think that the Bengals will put the resources there. I think later in the summer, we'll see some extensions happen. They'll, they'll eat up Jesse some Bates. of the cap space they have left. Yep. Jesse Bates, Sam Hubbard, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they want to keep both of those guys on, on longer term deals. And mm-hmm. I think that given the amount of cap space they have left, Jamar chase will eat some of that up when he signs, we'll see how they structure his deal. How much of that cap hit comes into this year versus future years. But the way they've structured deals and the way that they've left their salary cap unused, I believe they plan to use a lot of this year's cap for Jesse Bates and or Sam Hubbard extensions, which means they won't be using those dollars on high tier external guys at this point. There are a lot mm-hmm. still out there. There really are a lot of big, I don't know about how high caliber the players are at this point, but there's a lot of big names still out there, especially like interior defensive line, not just Geno Atkins, but, other guys in that ilk of his age group that that have been very very good football players in their career still free agents so there's yeah. a lot of guys out there i think we'll probably wait till training camp for a lot of them and as far as what i think the bengals are going to do i think it's likely you know the nick easton type that right. that is you know <clears throat> played probably one contract maybe a contract in a one-year deal uh has been a backup at times has done some starting and if you're looking for depth i mean i think that that's kind of appropriate that kind of guy yeah exactly and uh, the thing is too with, with i just want to get to uh, 
like I guess our future moves, which is what people are talking about. You know, if we move uh, Carmen Jackson from guard to tackle, I think there's a very good chance. Maybe not next year, maybe two years, but down the road we'll have to see. But uh, um, oh, I had his name in my head now. Uh, Deontay uh, Smith, isn't that right? From uh, yeah. East Carolina, yeah. I think he has a very good shot of potentially becoming our right tackle. I, I would, I would, I could see a battle between him and Adenogy in a, you know next year or two, maybe to replace uh, Riley Reef at tackle, and that way you leave Carmen at guard, and you might have hopefully maybe have a, a Max Montoya at guard. Maybe uh, Carmen Jackson can turn into that, and you have your your right tackle already in your system. I, what's your thoughts on that? I think that Carmen looks like a guard, so I would not be opposed to him staying at guard. I think that could be a, his best career option. I think he could play really well there with his movement ability and the way that he plays. Uh, but as far as right tackle of the future, I do think that Deontay Smith is probably a much better prospect than Hakeem Adenogy, although both guys have tools. Right. Uh, Adenogy coming from Kansas is just hard. It's just mm-hmm. hard to come from Kansas yeah. into the NFL. And it's also hard to come from ECU East Carolina. The NFL. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that Deontay Smith, the length is really attractive. I think he had a great week at the senior bowl. He played inside and outside of the senior bowl. We also talked about Smith today on the lockdown Bengals podcast is coming out uh, a little bit later, but the, the thing about Smith is he, he was very good at both spots at the senior bowl and you know, I was talking to a Bengals coach about him actually, and we were talking about his length. Mm-hmm. That length is rare, yes. especially in this draft. And the fact that he's he was back in rookie camp, back up to 310, 311 pounds. Right. If he, he's, he's like the, the traditional developmental tackle prospect that if they can get him right, and, and he does have a shorter timeline than most because I'm pretty sure he's a little bit older coming to the league. I think he was 23 or so mm-hmm. instead of like a 21-year-old, like, Mike Jordan was 21 coming into the league, right? He's still one of the youngest players on the (laughs) roster. Um, but he'll have a little bit of a steeper curve. He needs to get up to speed a little bit quicker, but I think he, he certainly has a shot to be a very good player in the NFL. If he, if he puts it together, he has a lot of tools to work with in that kit. Yeah. I mean, and and the, the, the cool thing is about this draft, I think we have a shot if 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 Smith does become eventually come our, our starting right tackle, you got a potential of five guys, kind of the kicker, that could be starters on on this this team with with Osai and I think Sample could be could be a potential starter in the future too. Yeah, I think that uh, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see you know if they actually do end up extending Sam Hubbard. I guess after they just invested so heavily in the defensive line, I think they will. I do think they will because these rookies have four years on their deal and, and Hubbard probably signs some extensions similar to that where mm-hmm. they would be concluding at the same time and then they can make a decision about which of the young guys they want to keep and, and which are playing well, which have lived up to expectations. Um, sorry, what was the question? I, I, I lost the question <laughs> in that little sidebar. The, the, about, about Sample, is, 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 do you think oh, he could eventually sample. become a – yeah, could he eventually be a – I said we could have potential five starters, I think, eventually. Out yeah, of this draft. I, I think <laughs> that, you, you know, you, you look at drafts immediately after the draft a lot of the time and you look yeah. at it and you say, yeah, this – yeah, you can see yeah. the vision. I can right. see how all these guys fit. And, you know, you look back, and I'm going to just pull up Bengals draft history here on my other monitor over here. And we'll just talk about a draft plus. Let's just go back to, you know, 2019. 
Um, didn't really see the plan for Drew Sample in the second round, right? But Jonah Williams made a ton of sense. He was going to start right away. Right. Jermaine Pratt was the best linebacker, one of the two best linebackers we had on our board at that point in the third round. So that made sense. He was going to be, uh, he was going to probably need a year because he transitioned from safety to linebacker and missed some time at NC State. And he, this is really a, a pretty big make or break year for him. Ryan Finley didn't really see that pick at the time. Didn't understand the trade up. Uh, they wanted him yeah. to be a backup. It kind of is what it is. It didn't work out. Yeah, he got released by Texas or from the uh, from Houston today. <laughs> he did. He did. Wren, um, in some ways, is is similar to Deontay Smith. Actually, mm-hmm. they're they're yeah. both a little bit older. Renell Wren was a more athletic guy. Didn't really have the production. Uh, similarly to how Deontay Smith comes into the league a little bit older and from a smaller school, and he missed a year with with the COVID complications. Uh, Mike Jordan was a developmental guard, and you could see at the time when they drafted him. I didn't really love the pick at the time, quite frankly, but um, you know, I could see at the time when they drafted him, okay, they can develop him. He's young. He could start in a couple of years. And right. now we're at the point where I think I thought he might start. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then what we have Travion Williams. I love that pick. I, I like the the late running backs that year. I thought one of them had a chance to stick. Uh, didn't really get the Deshaun Davis pick. Didn't have the production or the athleticism they usually look for at linebacker. Right. Jordan Brown really liked that pick too in the seventh round that year. So you go back a couple of years yeah. ago and you think about what we thought about that class and you can kind of see the vision there. I can, I can make a strong case for every guy this year too, but it was right. a weird draft class. It was a shallow draft class. About a third of the player pool that you normally have coming out of college came out this year. A lot of guys took advantage of an extra year and went mm-hmm. back to school. Right. And I talked to some coaches about that too. They're excited to see those guys next year. <laughs> right. And uh, I also think that's going to be weird next year. You're going to have some older guys coming out next year than, than you normally mm-hmm. would. And it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how NFL teams deal with that. But yeah, certainly best case. I mean, I think Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen are starters. Right. I think Osai is going to start out as a rotational guy. Sample is going to start out as, a, out as a rotational guy. But I think Sample has a little bit more every down in him than Osai. Well, he can play inside and outside, too. So I think that makes him more versatile, too. Yeah. And Osai, I think, is still going to be learning as yeah. rusher a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, that he was he was an off-ball linebacker at Texas right. until last year. Right. Uh, Deontay Smith could certainly start at some point. Tyler Shelvin. Um, you know, Big by you. <laughs> he, he could inherit the DJ Reader role. Mm-hmm. But it's not an every down role. So, you know, right. he, he's not going to be he's not going to be on the field 60, 70 percent of the snaps. He's going right. to be on the field 40, 50 percent of the snaps in a heavy usage game because that's the way the NFL is going for guys like him. But he's going to be a contributor. Sam, don't know? forget about the kicker. I know I know you love love there. love the kicker pick. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, yeah, we talked about Deontay Smith and then Evan McPherson. I mean, he's yep. going to start. Yeah, yep. he's going to be the kicker. I hope if he's not, then I'm going to rip this pick more than I already have. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I get it, but right. not uh, like my, my personal philosophy is don't draft kickers. Right. Right. And he'd pick a kicker in the fifth round at the top of the fifth round. Um, you know, he better be good. And I yeah. hope he's good. Cause oh, they, yeah. they do need a kicker, uh, Trey Hill, you know, developmental center. You see, if he sticks, mm-hmm. he might go to the practice squad. Chris Evans. Love it. I, I uh, yeah. like six round running back picks. I like Travion Williams. I liked uh, Rodney Anderson. Rodney Anderson was a real lottery ticket. Chris Evans, similar, great yeah, athlete. America, <laughs> um, you know, you, 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 he's a little bit older coming into the league because he missed time at Michigan because of the suspension. Right. But uh, you know, he, he's said to have been a very aware and capable pass blocker. 
in the backfield for Michigan, as well as, you know, putting on a, a show at the senior bowl as a receiver. So exactly. a lot to really like there, a lot of upside there with Chris Evans and Wyatt Hubert's the guy they had, I think a fifth round grade on probably when they got him in the seventh round and that made it a no brainer pick for them, even though it was a third edge. Now we got a question here from elite 83 says, how do you feel about Logan Wilson? And I guess is developing into uh, the second or second year starter now for the Bengals. It's a big year for him, right? He turns yep. 25 in July. Mm-hmm. So he, he kind of has to be ready this year. He has mm-hmm. to be at least average this year. And he showed signs of it last year. I think he's smart enough. I think he's got the tools. I think he has the athleticism. I think he can be really good. Lou Anarumo's defense has had a hard time getting anything out of the linebackers, right? regardless of who they are. Well, and, I think if... so hopefully the, the talent level makes a difference because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have invested in the position at this point, and I don't want to be talking about linebacker again next year. <laughs> well, I think if, if they can get pressure on the quarterback and they actually i think lou has the talent this is the most talent he's had i think in the three years that him and zach have been here and it goes with zach too it's the most talented team that they've had i said that a couple times if they can get pressure on the quarterback that's going to help the linebackers absolutely a lot of stuff Um, and the thing is the bengals only use two linebackers and and the bigger deal i think is going to be if you have tyler shelvin and dj reader on the field at the same time because you know what run is coming or you suspect a run is coming Mm-hmm. That makes the linebackers job a lot easier. I'm going to be very interested to see if they do put those guys on the field I together. So. That would be so I cool. I think it'll be rare because the thing is you put those guys on the field and there are ways to exploit it, right? Yeah. They're, they're not well, sideline to sideline guys, obviously. Right. But the thing is, I mean, that's where the, the clowns and the, and the Ravens uh, uh, killed us last year was, was running. And that's where I, I think that's where I like that the Tyler Shelvin pick big day by you and hopefully get a full year of DJ reader is if we can stop the run with these guys, we're going to have a chance. That's how you, to me, that's how we beat the Browns and, and the, and the, the rat birds. It was definitely a, a part of the thought process from, from the Bengals. I mean, I think we heard it when we talked to, you know, Mike Potts after the draft, their director of college scouting, you mm-hmm. look around the, the division. And I, I think that, I think maybe this was a coach I was talking to too. I can't remember, but you look around the division and you look at like, the Ravens with Brandon Williams and and formerly the guy that went to Minnesota, whose name I forget two two giant dudes in the middle that are hard to move. Right. You look at the Steelers. They got Stefan to it and uh, Cam Hayward in there giants that are hard to move. And, and it's just hard to run the ball on them. You put right. those guys on the field and you say, well, you're not running up the middle. You're not moving me. And I can two gap, right. which not very many players in the NFL two gap anymore, but DJ reader and Tyler Shelvin are big enough and strong enough to control blocks and two block two two gap if they need to. Yeah, that's that's good. Oh, sorry, good. I, I just I just don't know if they're gonna do it. Um because two gapping is is really out of style right now. And so well, it'll just what? be interesting to see if Lou gets it together and can can be cohesive on this defense with the way they're trying to be very multiple in the front seven and and figure out a way to get pressure and stop the run without betraying, you know, his intentions with the personnel he has on the field. So that'll be his challenge. Right. So, so what I guess my question is, I think I've asked this before in the podcast, what is Lou's scheme? <laughs> what, what I mean, I, I still, in two years, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what he's trying to accomplish on his defense. You know, so th- that's the point. You know, it's like he is he three four, is he four three? You know, what, what is he actually trying to do? Do you have you been able to figure it out yet? I wouldn't really worry myself about whether it's says three, four or four, three, because in, in today's NFL, I think those are pretty much the same thing. Right. Um, just, just with 
you know, it looks a little different because you have some guys standing up. I mean, right. no, nobody's really two gapping. Nobody, nobody's playing a two gapping three, four in the NFL anymore. The way Dick LeBeau used to do with right. the Steelers. Right. Well, the biggest thing I can't stand is it, it, it's like he, he doesn't put pressure on the guys. The, the cornerbacks always back up. It just, I don't know. That's just, it, it, he's more of a prevent. It seems like he's more of a prevent uh, defense than because uh, I, I don't know if that's something that I totally agree with. I mean, he's going to do a lot of single high stuff. There's going to be a lot of a lot of cover one. He's going to play press man. I think that he the the guys that he's got at corner, he wants to play press man if they stay healthy. And they're going to play. They're going to play some cover three. Um, I think that you know they're with Jesse Bates as your center fielder. You're primarily a single high team, and, right? And that's right. what they're going to do. And and with the the corners they have. I think that I think that they're going to feel really comfortable with Trey Wayne's in particular impressed man. I mm-hmm. think Wuzier, um, I'm not sure if his skill set is quite quite suited for press man, but he's a great athlete, and he's coming off a down year, so I wouldn't look too much at his, his last year when he was hurt for right. an indication of what he can do. He can be a really good football player. Mike Hilton is the best blitzing slot corner in the NFL. Right. So you, you talk about blitzing, wanting a guy to bring some heat. Mm-hmm. You, you add all these pass rushers in Osai and, and Sample, and you know they get Ogan Joby to replace Gino, who's still out there. I still yeah. think they need a little bit more uh, interior defensive line depth. But you get Josh Tupau back. There's a lot more depth there. There's a lot more to the rotation, I think, at this point that, that certainly helps. Mm-hmm. And... We'll see if it's enough, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Marion Hobby in there, maybe he designed some different pressures. Uh, but he has a lot of tools, so he right. can be multiple up front. He can he can go with the five-man fronts if he wants. He can stand guys up. He can move guys around. He's got defensive linemen that can line up outside, that can line up inside at this point, and Sam Hubbard and Cam Sample. And he has a couple guys that can two-gap. So really, mm-hmm. he has all the pieces right, right mm-hmm. now in yes. May before guys get hurt in training camp. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you knock on wood, you, you never, I right. mean, I was talking to James, you know, all I care about, you know, people are talking and, and our episode today is like, what are the storylines to watch in OTAs? Right. Right. And, you know, I'll talk about storylines that I care about and things that are going to be interesting to watch, but, but all you really care about is don't get hurt. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing is don't get hurt because we, we I do think they have a shot of if they're all healthy of actually getting pressure on the quarterback. And to me, I mean, obviously that's the key to this whole thing. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, it makes everybody else's job 10 times easier. So, and it's, and it's been an area they've been sorely oh. lacking. Oh yeah. I mean, we had one, one, uh, pass rusher last year. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in New York now, but anyway, it's six ten. I know you said you can only give me a little while, so I'm going to let you roll on out of here, Jake. And I apologize ahead. For putting Joe Goodberry's name up there instead of yours. My bad. <laughs> it's, right. it's just a technical issue. Oh, <laughs> right, hey, uh, check out Jake and James. They do Locked On Bengals podcast every day. It's awesome. I listen to them every night at work, so I will definitely be listening to you guys tomorrow. Oh, yeah, real quick. I got to ask you. Yeah. You on my show, you asked me, since I'm strawberry ice, do I like strawberry ice or sh- strawberry milk or chocolate milk? I like chocolate milk. Well, I, I got to find the answer. What's yours? I don't think I, I don't think I gave you the choice of, of chocolate milk. I asked you if your fla- favorite flavor of milk was stra- strawberry. What your flavor? What what is your favorite flavor of milk, and why yeah. is it strawberry? Yeah, it, it's chocolate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, strawberry I, just because I'm a red. I have a red face, and and, yeah. and back in the day when I was on radio, vanilla ice was big, so they called me strawberry. So there you go. <laughs> go uh, 
I, uh, I, I don't really drink milk anymore. I drink ah. coconut milk at this point in my life. Uh, <laughs> sometimes almond milk, and Ooh. I prefer it. Uh, but when I was younger, uh, nobody drinks strawberry milk. <laughs> exactly. Nobody does. I, I like. I tried it once when I was young, and it was awful. Oh, actually, the funny thing, my nephews, they love strawberry milk. They, it's, they, it's they. Unnatural, I'm like, man. I, I'll start at my sister's house with this when they're younger, and she's pouring them. I'm like, what is that? She goes, it's strawberry milk. I'm like, and you no. drink that? <laughs> like, she's like, they love it. I'm like, no. All right, no. whatever. No. no thanks, man. No thanks. Exactly. All right, Jake. Well, as always, I appreciate you, brother. And check out his podcast. And other than that, who day, who day? <laughs> thanks, man. Who day? Have a good one. See you, buddy. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. I always enjoy having Jake on here. I can't believe I played Joe Goodberry. If Joe is watching, he will crack up laughing, and he'll probably tweet Jake out or tweet me out or something. <laughs> hey, Joe, if you are watching, I need you to get back on the show too sometime so we can uh, talk some Bengals. Anyway, that brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and as always, I appreciate every single one of them. And I invite you guys to join them. They are Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Country, Ohio State Bucknuts, The Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Twitter handle is Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. The handle there is Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off this later on tonight, so if you can't sit there and watch me for uh, it's like 45 minutes now, usually an hour, but about 45 minutes today. Uh, you can listen to it. I'm on BeanPod, uh, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you like, rate, and review and give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, like I said, we're at 1,119. That is awesome. So if you guys are watching it on Twitter or if you're watching it on any of the Facebook groups or anything, do me a favor. Please go to the YouTube channel and please subscribe because... When I get to 10,000 subscribers, which who knows when that'll be, I will give away a jersey or something really, really cool. But you get me to 10,000 and I'll figure out something really cool to give away. And other than that, we got a great show coming up tomorrow. So make sure you join us live at 530 as always. And as Jeremy, not known as Dimebag Dean, would say, everybody got to know. Remember one thing and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? That's just sports, baby. See ya!